0: Section twenty three of the Handy Cyclopedia of Things Worth Knowing. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Caitlin Sticko, two thousand seven. The Handy Cyclopedia of Things Worth Knowing, by Joseph Treenans, published in nineteen eleven. Section twenty three Health and Beauty Would You Be Beautiful In womanly beauty the excellences expected and looked for are faultless symmetry of form and feature, and a complexion varying in hue as the mind is affected by internal emotion, but with an expression of purity, gentleness, sensibility, refinement, and intelligence moore the poet has given expression to his ideal of beauty in the following lines this was not the beauty oh nothing like this that to young normahal gave such magic bliss but that loveliness ever in motion which plays like light upon autumn's shadowy days NOW HERE AND NOW THERE, GIVING WARMTH AS IT FLIES, FROM THE LIPS TO THE CHEEK, FROM THE CHEEK TO THE EYES, NOW MELTING IN MIST, NOW BREAKING IN GLEAMS, LIKE THE GLIMPSES A SAINT HAS OF HEAVENLY DREAMS. Wordsworth expressed himself in the following lines, HE WAS AMONG THE PRIME IN WORTH, AN OBJECT beauteous TO BEHOLD, WELL BORN, WELL bred. I SENT HIM FORTH ingenuous, innocent, and bold. Perhaps you ask how you can attain beauty if you do not possess it, or, if you have some of its qualities, how you may get those you are lacking. If you practice the following rules, you will grow more and more beautiful in the eyes of others, even if age does bring grey hair and a wrinkled skin. First, cleanliness is next to godliness. Practice it in every feature of your daily life. Second, Have some purpose to achieve and steadfastly work to attain it. Third, Cultivate self-discipline. Be master of your passions under all circumstances. Fourth, Study to know the laws of life that yield harmony and good health and obey them. Look on the bright side of life always. Fifth, Avoid intemperance in all things. Sixth, cultivate every mental and bodily quality that will make you firm in goodness, strong and physically able to be useful to your kind, generous and broad minded, self sacrificing, and you will daily and hourly be lovely and grow into the beautiful. Care of the Scalp and Hair: Beautiful hair. Beautiful skin and a beautiful form are the three graces which are the birthright of every woman, but which, through lack of good judgment and common sense, or through thoughtlessness on the part of mothers of growing children, comparatively few possess. Beautiful hair is one of nature's greatest gifts, and yet we never seem to appreciate it until there is danger of losing it or until it becomes faded and lusterless, because we have not used the right means for preserving it. The beauty and continuance of the hair depend upon its proper nourishment, gained by the circulation of blood through the scalp, and this must be maintained to keep hair in good condition. The structure of the hair is very beautiful, and each hair is contained in a delicate sheath, which fits into a slight depression in the skin called the follicle, "'and around the base of the hair nature has provided glands to secrete oily matter, "'the purpose of which is to keep the hair glossy. "'In early maturity the hair reaches the state of greatest beauty, "'and at this time the greatest care should be given it, "'feeding and nourishing it as we would a plant, "'giving it plenty of air and sunlight, "'carefully shampooing it at least once in ten days. "'Massage the scalp to keep it loose and flexible.' Use electricity, a good tonic, and occasionally singe the split ends. If this process is commenced at the right time, the result will be fewer cases of baldness in men and thin poor hair in women. The hair should also be worn loosely, forming a soft frame for the face, which is always more becoming than tightly drawn hair. Many women drag their hair out by the roots by tying it back too firmly. CARE OF THE SKIN. A beautiful skin is smooth, soft, and clear. The color varies in different individuals. In perfect health it is moist, and with the delicate shading of a flower. Climate, hair and eyes, of course, determining the color, and the continued beauty of it depending on pure blood, fresh air and sunlight, and also perfect cleanliness and care. The pores should always be kept free from obstruction, and extremes of heat and cold avoided as much as possible. In health the care of the skin is a simple matter, massage being a great factor, assisted always by the use of pure creams. A good cleansing cream is a great necessity, as it enters the pores and frees them from dirt, leaving the skin soft and pliable, in which condition it is ready to absorb the skin food when the finger massage is given, making it possible for the gentle electric current to force the ointment into the deeper layers of the skin, thus effecting the removal of moth patches, tan, freckles, and other discolorations and imperfections. The vibratory massage should follow, the purpose of which is to stimulate the tissues, throwing off worn-out particles, and increasing the circulation of the blood by giving proper exercise to the facial muscles, thereby restoring and preserving the color and contour, making the skin beautiful, clear, eradicating and preventing wrinkles. The use of a pure face powder is absolutely necessary. Best results are obtained by using a blended powder, as the skin tint is thus assured. TO DEVELOP THE BUST A beautiful bust is the desire and admiration of every woman. If nature has not been kind in this respect, any woman can develop a beautiful bust by exercise, bathing, and gentle massage with a good bust ointment or skin food. Electric massage is very beneficial, and if properly given, brings quick and sure results. SWIMMING and deep breathing are great aids. CARE OF THE HANDS A study of the hand is very interesting, and if mothers understood more of its beautiful construction, many of the little accidents which result in deformed fingernails could be avoided. Mothers should attend most carefully to the early cultivation of their children's fingernails, as the habit of biting them is so easily formed and is sure to permanently destroy their beauty. A perfect hand is rounded and plump, soft, white and dimpled, with tapering finger-tips and filbert-shaped nails, showing the little half-moon. It is possible for any woman to have such a hand, if she is willing to take time once a week to have the nails treated and to give them a little personal attention every day. Great care should be taken in washing the hands. A mild soap should be used, and particular attention paid to the thorough drying of them, after which a good cuticle cream should be applied and well rubbed in. The same cream may be used to loosen the cuticle at the base of the nail, when it can be gently pushed back, thus keeping the half-moon exposed. An orange-wood stick should always be used to clean the nails massaging the hands at least once a month aids wonderfully in making them symmetrical and keeping the joints flexible and the skin free from dark spots and wrinkles infant feeding and management it is of prime importance in feeding an infant to do this at regular intervals since during the first three months of its life the feeding habits of the child should be established, and if care be used in this regard the child will wake of its own accord at the proper time. The last meal at night should be at 11 p.m., and if the child is healthy and will sleep it need not be fed until 3 to 5 a.m. the following morning. In both breast and artificial feeding, the above applies, and the same method should be employed, namely, the child should be held in the arms during the meal, which should last from ten to fifteen minutes. Both in breast and artificial feeding, it is possible to overfeed the child. Many infants are systematically overfed. The young mother should understand how small an infant's stomach is, at birth it will hold a little more than an ounce of fluid, or two tablespoonfuls, and at the end of two months only three ounces. If, therefore, the mother persists in trying to give the child four ounces of food, the child will suffer from an excess. Many children, during the first few months of life, bring up their food, and the mother fears that there is some inherited tendency to weak digestion. It is wrong to feed a child simply because it cries, as very frequently it is not a cry of hunger, but one caused by indigestion from overfeeding. If the child is being fed with the bottle, it is important that the food be given at a temperature of 100 degrees Fahrenheit, or as nearly that as possible, never over, And if the child be fed out of doors in its carriage, it is well to have a flannel bag of some kind to slip over the bottle to keep it at the same temperature until the meal is finished. Many cases of colic are caused by inattention to this point. It is a common mistake that when a child cries it needs additional food. There are many cases where a little drink of water is the prime need of the child, and great care should be taken that this is heated to the proper temperature, and especially that no water be given to the child except that which has been boiled. A few teaspoonsful should be given to the child, therefore, several times a day, but aside from that he should have nothing but his regular food until he is at least a year old. For the same reason, therefore, if a child be fed by the bottle, the water used in preparing the food should have been previously boiled, and care should be exercised not to expose the food to the air during or after its preparation. It should be remembered that the food of a child must be nutritious, and that in this food, especially when at the proper temperature for the infant, Bacteria from the air will flourish wonderfully fast, and therefore the food should not be exposed to possible contamination. It is of very great importance that the feeding bottles be always clean and sweet. It is an advantage to have several bottles on hand, and also two or three brushes for cleaning. Keep a special vessel, with water in which there is a little bicarbonate of soda, so that the moment the bottle is used it may be thoroughly washed and kept in the water. Do not use a nipple with a rubber tube, but the short black rubber nipples which fit over the mouth of the bottle. Do not enlarge the hole in the nipple, so as to make it too easy for the baby to rapidly draw its food, otherwise the food being taken so rapidly into the stomach will often cause pain or vomiting. IN WASHING THE NIPPLES, TURN THEM INSIDE OUT, AND SEE THAT THEY ARE AS THOROUGHLY CLEANSED AS POSSIBLE, AND KEEP THEM FOR USE IN A BOTTLE FILLED WITH BOILED WATER, WITH A PINCH OF BORIC ACID ADDED. THE FIRST NURSING IT IS VERY IMPORTANT THAT THE CHILD SHOULD BE PUT TO THE BREAST IMMEDIATELY AFTER IT IS WASHED. THIS IS VERY NECESSARY, BOTH FOR THE MOTHER AND THE CHILD, AND prevents SUBSEQUENT TROUBLES. The fluid contained in the breast is at this stage called colostrum and is intended by nature to act upon the child as a laxative. This first nursing stimulates the secretion of the milk and causes uterine contraction, which is very much needed at this time. It is well to wash the infant's mouth out with sterilized water every time it feeds. For this purpose use clean water which has been boiled and allowed to cool or a solution of boric acid in boiled water, five grains to the ounce of water. Infants, as a rule, should be bathed once a day, but never immediately after being nursed or fed. In very warm weather a child may be sponged in the evening as well as in the morning. The water for the bath of a young baby should be warm, and the temperature can be judged by testing it with the elbow, which is more sensitive than the hand. Lay a small blanket on the lap, cover the child with a flannel, and sponge it under the clothes. This prevents it from taking cold from exposure. The room should not be cooler than 68 degrees Fahrenheit, and the door must be kept closed to avoid draughts. Use only pure white soap, and a soft cloth is better than a sponge. The body should be carefully dried and lightly powdered, to absorb any moisture that may remain end of section 23